Welcome, welcome back. We have our encounter with God now, but before we do, we get time for another clue for our quiz because nobody's answered it yet. Yes, no one has answered it. It is a Who Am I quiz, Bible character, of course. And the next clue is, did I say that we could read about this person in the book of Esther? Did I say that You already? said that okay, one already, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get confused because, you know, we put the clues further along on the Instagram page than we do on the radio. So our next clue is... Esther revealed my plans to destroy the Jews at a banquet she had prepared for the king and me. Mm. Okay, so he was an Amalekite, as we mentioned before. Uh Uh-huh. And he was a royal Amalekite. Uh Uh-huh. Because he was an Agagite. (laughs) Now Because he was a descendant of Agag, king of the Amalekites, that Saul was supposed to kill and didn't. Oh, this is all Saul's fault. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In essence, it's Saul's fault. Uh-huh. The, 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 the Malachites were um, incredibly evil, and God said to um, the best thing to do was to wipe them out at the time. And, uh, and Saul didn't. Saul didn't. And actually, this is it, the story is actually a great testimony to why we should be obedient to the utmost to God. Because yeah, this whole story diso- would yeah. never have uh-huh. happened uh-huh. if Saul had been obedient. Yeah, our disobedience, our sins often um, just cause generations of woe. They just mm-hmm. keep going. They like perpetuate. So, yeah. yeah. And so this guy um, rose up through the Persian Empire to become Prime Minister of Persia and then used that position to try and get revenge on the, the nation that had wiped out his nation. Let's be really careful about not saying his name. <laughs> still So-and-so, nervous. the Agagite. So-and-so, the Agagite. If you know who that is, give us a call. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. You can text, of course. Some people like to text instead. 0491-064-669. Message us through Facebook, Faith FM Australia, or Instagram, which is Faith FM Live, or tweet at us. I think I, it's Faith FM Australia did you know? Well. Did you Did you know that mm-hmm. some people don't believe the book of Esther should be in the Bible? Are you serious? Yeah. Why? Do you know the book of Esther makes no mention anywhere of God? Really? There's no mention of God in the book of Esther. But, I mean, how is there's that? There's mention of prayer, Uh huh. but there's no mention of God. But is that really a good enough criterion to oh, score of course the not. book? Of course not. The, 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 whole, the whole book is about the providence and direction yeah. of God and, and, and you know Esther's devotion to God and Mordecai's devotion to God and this particular individual's, the Agagite. You can is, see the leading of God everywhere through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the book of Esther is a type of... Of um, of the uh, you know of, of the end of, of the end of time and, and the experience of God's people at the end of time when uh, you know the death decree goes out in Revelation chapter thirteen. So there's a whole parallel between the Book of Esther and Revelation chapter thirteen. Ah, oh, that's amazing because then we can look at the Book of Esther and be like, God saves the people, then He will same way save us. At the end times. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Okay, so we've got Samuel here who's called through with an answer to the quiz. Ooh, uh, well, morning, Samuel. Hello. 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 Hello, Samuel. How are you this morning? Uh, great, thanks. You? Yeah, good. So you've got an answer for our quiz today? Uh, yeah, definitely. Who do you think it is? Hayden. Yeah, good job. Hey man, the Agagite. Well done. Well Congratulations. Done. Samuel, how old are you? Do you mind me asking? Oh, 12. Oh, 12 years old and his Bible knowledge is on fleek. I love it. Congratulations, Samuel. Are you on your way to school? Oh, not yet. Well, when you get there, you can tell all your friends that you won the Faith FM prize. We're going to send you the Soy and Eastern album. You're really going to enjoy that. And congratulations again and good job. 
Fantastic. Well, that was Samuel right there, and so it's great to have a uh, a, a twelve year yeah. old showing up everybody else yeah, this morning. Yeah. We have had an eight year old, but yeah, twelve year old. That's I love it when kids <laughs> go through showing the adults how it's done. Good that's job, it, Samuel. Love it. it. Fantastic. All right, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about the quick and the dead today. The quick and the dead. We are. We're talking about the quick and the dead. <laughs> this week we've been studying out the, uh, the the return of Jesus, the second coming. And today we're going to talk about the quick and the dead. And today we're going to talk about the quick and the dead, apparently. You know you know, you know, know the, the popular saying, the quick and the dead? Yeah. yeah. You know that's a biblical saying, right? It is, is it really? Let me read it to you from the Bible. Here oh, you go. go on, go, go on. Okay, let me see here. Um... Acts chapter 10 and verse 42, the Bible says, And he commanded us to preach unto the people, and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Oh. <laughs> I always thought it had something to do with like a restaurant or a movie or something like that. The quick no, that's and the a dead. Bible quote right there. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I love how English... Um, the etymology of the human race really has been so influenced by the Bible. So many okay, things. Okay, okay. Do you know what the word quick used to mean when the King James Version was written? Oh, it had something else. It had another meaning. It like, did not yeah, mean speed. Quick. Yeah. Uh, no, I've forgotten. Okay, let me read a, um, a another verse here that will give you a little bit of context. This is John chapter 5 and verse 21. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them... Even so, the Son quickeneth whom he will. Brings him back to life? Absolutely. Quick ah. means alive. Ah, okay. So, the quick and the dead. Okay, I means get it. Means the living and the dead. See? Is it because. Part of today's Bible study. Is the living and the dead. Is the living and the dead. <laughs> do you reckon it has something to do with, you know, when we're being quick, when we're running around fast, it sort of shows that we're definitely alive and not dead? I, I think there's probably a relationship here that, uh, yes, dead people are not very quick. I mean, that wouldn't really work for chickens because, you know, they can be quick and... (laughs) 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 Anyway, okay, (laughs) staying on topic. By the way, if someone would like some chickens, my landlord has some that he's giving away. Oh, really? Yes. I would like some chickens. Uh, But these are not laying ones. They are eating ones. (laughs) Oh, you just tried to give away chickens to eat on Radio Lyle? (laughs) We are going to be discussing this off air. (laughs) If you would like some pet chickens to care for and to love and to give chicken hugs to, then give us a call. Okay. If you're a Chinese restaurant, do not call us. (laughs) (laughs) Or KFC. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do support a plant-based, plant-based diet. We do. We FM. do, actually, yes. Mm. Did you actually see on the news that Harvard University released a study that one-third of all illnesses, all of them, every single, any kind of illness, one-third, can be cured through a plant-based diet? Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 saw, I, I saw that. That's just a sensational study, you know? Uh-huh. That's the great thing about being a Seventh-day Adventist. We've been saying that for the last 150 years. Glad to, good to see science catching up eventually. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> catching up with us. And, and, of course, this is what, you know, when you read in Genesis chapter 2, you know, Genesis 1 and 2, of course, um, the very first um, diet that was given to man was a plant-based diet. God knew what he was do- talking about. He knew what he was doing. Absolutely, yeah, no messing around. Okay, so where are we up to? The quick and the dead. Okay, we need to talk about the quick and the dead. I am getting distracted with uh, Bible trivia here this morning. Let's go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 5 and find out what happens to the dead in Christ when Jesus returns. Will they be quickened? Romans 6 and verse 5 says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. 
Okay, so this this raises some interesting questions in my mind, particularly in the context of um, what we were studying yesterday, mm-hmm. how some people believe that the return of Jesus Christ is not a literal event, it's just a spiritual event. Mm-hmm. Well, if the return of Jesus Christ is just a spiritual event where it's the Holy Spirit coming to your heart, then what about all these verses that talk about the resurrection when Jesus comes back? Yeah. You know, this seems to me to be, you know, I read here in where we Romans 6 verse 5, it seems to me to be a very literal event that is being spoken of. And if there is no resurrection, the Bible says that we are miserable. Yeah, because we have no hope. What's the purpose? What's the point of Christianity without the resurrection? Hopelessness, I think, is one of the one of the saddest, you know, I don't, I don't know how to call it a disease or a condition or what to call it. It's just such a sad because it, it's so, such an easy fix. You know, we do have this hope in Jesus, and uh, but if we don't, then we really are just completely hopeless, and that would imbue every part of your life. Yeah. Uh, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, mm-hmm. like we only have hope in Christ for this life, he says, we are of all men most miserable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I, I, I like the, uh, the, the good poetic uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Language right there, um, because yeah, there's there's just no hope. There's no point. You know, Christianity is all about eternal life and the promise of eternal life and the promise of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we read yesterday First Corinthians chapter four and verse sixteen, which is highlighted again today, which the Bible says, "For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up." Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So there's not a whole lot of comfort there if uh, there's no promise of the resurrection, is there? No, not at all. None whatsoever. And uh, how can you disbelieve in the resurrection if you believe in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? Mm-hmm. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul has a whole sequence that deals with this. Let's, let's just head over here quickly and look at it because there was a group of people in the church in Corinth. Corinth was a wet, messed up church, you know. Yes, it was. They, they had some crazy... If you are going to a church and your church is messed up, like seriously messed up, then maybe you should read about the church in Corinth because this is probably one of the most messed up ones that I've ever come across. One of the things they were teaching was false doctrine. Oh, really? Yeah, they were teaching there was no such thing as the resurrection of the dead. Uh, Let me just see what it says here. Uh, Verse 12, Now if Christ is preached that he rose from the dead... How do some of the, some some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So he begins this little section here uh, by talking about um, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and in verse three, for I delivered unto you first of all how that how uh, which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and rose again the third day. So he begins this section by talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Then he brings in the evidence. Um, he says, and he was seen of Peter, and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of more than 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present time, but some have fallen asleep or died. 
After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. So he, he really makes an emphasis about the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, if Jesus rose from the dead, and, and he brings in all this evidence. He's like, there's 500 people here. Most of them still alive. You know, if you don't believe me, go and ask them. Mm. You know, it's not like it's not like that. Uh, this is a legend that is being developed. You know, hundreds of years after the time of Christ. This is this is uh, you know within forty years of the birth of Christ. This is very very soon after the death of Christ that this this book is being written. And it's like most of those people who saw Jesus. Um, all five hundred of them. Most of those people are still alive. It's astounding that in such. He's a almost. Talk- it's almost like he's laying down the challenge. Yeah. You know, go go go, go go ask. Yeah. Get yourself an eyewitness testimony. It's astounding that in such a short time they they could have messed up the doctrine so much. Oh, yeah. It's just bizarre, and uh, it tells you something about human nature and the danger that we are in mm-hmm. in in getting things wrong and, and, and messing up doctrine. And the intensity of the devil's hatred for yeah. Bible truth, that he yeah. would be already working so hard to deceive and to cloud and to yeah mess it up. Yeah. So within a very short period of time, you've got this, uh, this, this event taking place here and he builds his whole argument um, and, and lays out all of, the, all of the evidence. This is not something that, you know, is a legend being written, you know, 300 years after the event. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there were 500 people back then who saw Jesus. No, it's like there's 500 people who saw Jesus and most of them are still alive, so go and ask them. Mm. You know, it'd be pretty easy to discredit Christi- everything that there is to do with Christianity just by interviewing the survivors, you know, the surviving uh, members of that 500 and finding out, you know, did this happen or not. Imagine being able to go ask an eyewitness. It'd be so amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, although if they were still alive today, I'm sure they'd be stuck in a loony bin or something. No one would believe them. So, but yeah, it would be absolutely incredible. I can't wait to talk to them in heaven. Yeah, and get eyewitness accounts then too. Yep. Yeah, of meeting with Jesus after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go down a few more verses here, Mon. Why don't you read for us verse forty-two to forty-four? In the same way with the resurrection of the dead, so it is the same way with the resurrection of the dead, our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. I'm so glad you read that one from a new translation. Oh, yeah? I was following you in the KJV here. And it's good. Yeah, very poetic, you know. <laughs> it is on. sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Yeah. You've got to love that language, it's though, nice. don't you? It's really nice. It's like, yeah, yours just says, oh, they were buried. Uh-huh, so I was uh-huh. like, yeah, no, we, we sowed them in the ground, just like <laughs> seeds. <laughs> it's a good thing we had context. Otherwise, I would have thought you were talking about the crafting night or something. <laughs> <laughs> you sowing machine out. Oh, well, I was just thinking agriculture, you know, planting seeds. Uh-huh, you, uh-huh. you sow the seeds. <laughs> uh. Okay, so what, is, what are these passages, Mon? What are they telling you about... Uh, it's just talking about resurrection. Death. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I mean the resurrection of the of the people who have chosen to be on the side of Jesus. And uh, it's beautiful promises. I, I, I'm actually, I was reading this. As I was reading this, I was thinking to myself, I'm surprised I don't hear these verses more often at, at funerals. You know what? What? Next funeral, I'm going to use these verses. You should because it's a beautiful promise. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it talks also about the new kind of body that we're going to receive. Mm-hmm. Now, mine says here a spiritual body. What does yours say? Uh, this one says, yeah, it also says a spiritual body. Spiritual body. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm. says uh, they are buried as natural human bodies, but they'll be raised as spiritual bodies. 
So I wonder how our spiritual body will differ from the body that we have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously he is the example of somebody who was raised from the dead um, as in, in a glorified spiritual body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still had his scars. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that we won't carry scars. Hang on, does spiritual body mean like we're going to have some sort of like a floaty body or like, you know, like a, the kind of thing you see like on television, like a ghost and it floats and it walks through a wall? Is that what you mean by spiritual body? Okay, I don't know exactly what a spiritual body is like, mm-hmm. but I do know this, that Jesus in his spiritual resurrected glorified body sat amongst his disciples and they thought he was a ghost. He's like, no, come and touch me, feel me. Mm-hmm. Check out my, my wounds, my, my scars. Give me some food. I need to eat because I'm hungry. I haven't eaten anything, you know, all weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, so very, very real body. But he did come, the Bible says, into the room, the doors being closed. Oh. So that makes you wonder, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and the Bible says, let me find this one. This is on Philippians. Goats eat paper continually. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Uh, where's Philippians? Here it is. Here it is. Chapter 3, verse 21. The Bible says, uh, verse 20, For our conversation is in heaven, from where also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, so, so Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall change our vile body, that it, may, that it may be made like his glorious body, according to the work whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So the Bible very clearly says that our body will be made like Jesus' body when we are resurrected. Mm. So we will, yeah, mm. it's interesting. What but, are the implications? Yeah, can we pass through a door or something like that? That's really cool. I mean, I do think yeah, from these verses we can definitely say, that, you know, if we, let's say we're suffering from blindness or, you know, we have like a bung leg and we're stuck in a wheelchair, I do think that our bodies will be healed. I do believe that the only scars in heaven will be the ones on Jesus' hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the Bible says that Jesus will retain those scars. You'll find that in Zechariah chapter 13, I think it's verse 6 or thereabouts, um, that he will, will retain those scars. We certainly won't retain any scars. Um, the Bible says that will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Mm. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So that's definitely something to look forward to, isn't it? In yeah, fact, absolutely. In fact, we can read those verses. Uh, where were we? We were back in First uh, Corinthians there, weren't we? Yeah. Because uh, it says, you know, 15. buried in weakness but raised in strength. I think that's, you know, a good promise. Yeah. And I think all of us here have a little bit of a list. I don't know about you, but mm. we've all got a little bit of a list. Like, I'd like to change this. Uh-huh. I'd like to change this. Uh-huh. This is the ultimate, uh, yeah. what do you call it, makeover right here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Extreme makeovers. There's no, there's extreme makeover without, without any plastic being involved uh-huh, whatsoever uh-huh. at all. It's going to be all you, but all you in perfection. I think we sort of think, you know, like, I mean, someone like me automatically thinks something superficial, like, oh, I won't have any more pimples and I won't have like a little bit of extra flat fat around my butt or something like that. But then you think about people who, you know, bodies have really been mangled up, you know, in, in war and yeah. in accidents. And, and this will be incredibly special promise yeah, for them right here. Yeah. One to really hang on to and look forward to for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. Just a fantastic promise. Okay, so um, let's read these promises down here in uh, verse 53 through 55. 
53. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, with our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? I'll read some more after this song. This is Carly Fletcher. Will you stand? Refuse to bow down Like everyone else in the crowd Whether they lived or died They would worship their God And He stood with them through the fire Oh, 
back, everybody. That was Carly Fletcher with Will You Stand here on Faith FM. And we have been talking about the resurrection. And Mon, you just read those amazing verses to us from the Bible. Mm. Do you want me to continue or read them again? Yeah, why not? Okay, so it was uh, 54 to 58 uh, of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Mm-hmm. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, it's just awesome passage right there. And I love that, um, that, that portion where it says, you know, oh, death, where is your sting? Yeah, absolutely. Because right now, death has a very nasty sting. It does. Um, while I was in the States, my, um, my father-in-law, his sister passed away. It was very, Aww. very sad. Yeah. And uh, death certainly has a sting, but there's coming a time when it will no longer have a sting. I I, I actually never heard that verse before. Um, Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I I had never heard that before. There you go. Yeah, I always just focused on the you know the death being um you know uh, defeated part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a wonderful to think about that too. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Um, now, here's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. When I was in the States, we were having morning worship one morning, and we were having a discussion over whether we will look like we look like right now when we get to heaven, or how much we will look like we look right right now. I've been asked this so many times when I've given Bible studies to people. For some for some reason, people get worried. They're like, but if I get a new body, will my family and friends recognize me in heaven? <laughs> it's actually a really cute, sweet question, but I, I have surprisingly got it a lot. There you go. So yeah. we had we had a very significant, and, and there was there was even some there was even let me say some heat in the discussion. Yeah, because there was some opposing views. Uh huh. So, seeing as you have been a Bible worker and have been asked this question many times, <laughs> what is the answer? Now I do remember uh, one time. Um, you took me to the verse about seeing through uh, a mirror darkly, but. I think I, I took you that verse. Yeah, you took me to that verse, hmm. and uh, the first time you helped me answer that question. And um, but the thing is, I I try and talk to the person and tell them, does it? Oh, yeah, that is the verse. Yeah, that is the verse. But it? that's not the part of the verse that I usually talk about. Yeah, I it still confuses me a little bit. But for me, I'm like, like it's almost. Like, I don't want to say who cares, but for me, it's like. You're in heaven, like (laughs) the least of your worries. (laughs) Like it's going to be so fantastic. Why? Why would you let that impinge upon your joy at looking forward to heaven? I think whatever it is that does actually happen there, God's going to sort it out. Like, don't stress about that. So the verse that you were just referring to, Mm -hmm. it says, "For now we see through a glass darkly, Mm -hmm. but then face to face." Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And the, person, the part of that that I like right there is that I will know each other people mm-hmm. even as I am known. And how, how do we know each other? We know each other by recognizing yep. each other. And so we'll be able to recognize each other in heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, the, um, the, the other point, part of this whole equation is this, is that God created you because he wants to spend eternity with you. Mm-hmm. And he created you as a beautiful and an amazing uh, incredible person, mm-hmm. and so 
you know, certainly for each one of us, you know, our beauty and so forth, um, or handsomeness, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Men don't really like to be told they're beautiful. Um, <laughs> attractiveness, but our attractiveness, attractiveness mm-hmm. has been marred by sin. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we've we've got we've got scars. We've got the effects of disease. We've got the effects of age. All of those kind of things, mm-hmm. and that won't exist in heaven. Yeah, that's gone forever. Mm-hmm. But God still created you as an individual. And in your perfection, you are a perfect individual, perfectly beautiful, perfectly amazing, perfectly handsome, perfectly attractive, um, and somebody that God wants to spend eternity with. So why would he change you to the point that you could no longer be recognized? Yeah. That would kind of defeat the purpose of creating you in the way that you are right now. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You might have a few touch-ups, but yeah, oh, oh. and, and the Bible is very clear about that. And you know, with that passage we read mm-hmm. in First Corinthians, there, you know, when the the, the last trump, um, the trumpet shall sound, and we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Mm. But I mean, I would I would liken it to sim- similarly, you know, here on Earth. Um, when someone puts on makeup or gets some plastic surgery, you still recognize them. You, you're like, oh, you, you, yeah. you've had a haircut or oh, your nose is, I don't know, straighter or something. You know, you still recognize them. And I, I think, you know, God's touch-ups, they'll be perfection, but still recognizable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, maybe you can make a little bit of a wish list and just yeah. uh, write that <laughs> yeah. down there and say, okay, in heaven, I want this taken care of and this and this and this and this. And, this. <laughs> and I'll be perfectly happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Ah, where are we up to? Let's go to John chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. about the story of Lazarus. The story of Lazarus is a great story. So Lazarus got sick Mm -hmm. and Jesus was um, a long way away. So they sent messages to Jesus and like, hey, one of your best friends is not well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't you come and heal him? And Jesus did nothing. It doesn't sound very good. No. And then Lazarus died. Why don't you read for us um, John chapter 11 and verse 25. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Okay, so this is what happens is that Jesus eventually travels back there and Lazarus has been dead for four days by the time he gets there. Mm -hmm. And Martha comes to meet him. Mm -hmm. And this is what he tells Martha. Do you think that was encouraging for Martha? I think it might have been a little bit confusing for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, I'm, I don't know that she's ever really thought of maybe the concept that people could live after they've died. I mean, I'm thinking that because of what her response is, which I have read before. And, um, you know, for someone to come up to you and say, I am the resurrection and the life, and you've never heard that before, you'd be like, huh? Read the response real quick. So she says, uh, yes, Lord, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Actually, uh, let me just flick over there very quick. There's another verse that I want to draw out of this because Martha actually um, confesses that I know he will raise again in the last day. That must be just a few verses before that. Mm. And but she does she does actually protest. She said, you know, when, when Jesus says to roll the, the tomb stone away, she says, Lord has been buried for four days, the smell will be terrible. Oh yeah. Which is like a, a bit of a, a bit of doubt creeping in there. That's right. Uh oh, why am I in Luke? Keep going to the wrong book here. I went to Luke chapter eleven. Then you go to John chapter eleven. That jet lag. Jet lag. Yeah, that jet lag is definitely you. catching up with me today. I am I am feeling it right now. Um 
Martha said in verse 24, or Jesus said in verse 23, your brother will rise again. Martha says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Martha believed in the resurrection and believed that he would come back to life in the resurrection at the last day. Mm -hmm. But that's a little bit, uh, it's a great promise. But when your brother's just died and Jesus could have been there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, because Jesus comes along and it's like, Oh, Lord, why weren't you here? And it's like, your brother will rise again. You could have prevented it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, at the last day, you know, not now today. I, yeah, now I have to live my whole life without him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, 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 and Jesus says, don't worry about that. I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, I'm the one who will raise people in the last day. And if I can raise people in the last day, I can do it right now. And then he walks up to the tomb and he does it right there mm. and proves it. And uh, what a great testimony that is to the power of God. We're going to move on right now with uh, Anders Venson, uh, Promised Land. My child put on this pure white robe, your filthy rags. I'll take from you, my child, put on this golden crown and follow me.
song what heavenly music right there that was written by uh the husband of ellen white wife after she recounted a dream she had had of um of heaven 
It's a beautiful song. It's yeah. a very beautiful song. It goes really well with the theme of our day. Mm-hmm. What heavenly music. Something to think about. We don't actually do another clue for our quiz right now because... Samuel here. From Victoria. Yeah, Samuel Snapped from it up already. Batesford. Good on you, Samuel. I'm so proud of you. 12 years old. Um, and Samuel, we've actually decided we're going to send you a DVD. We're going to send you the Tell the World DVD. We think you might really enjoy that. Absolutely. So, yeah. You're going to really right love there. that one. Um, well, moving up with your family. Question came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been talking about the second coming of Jesus and we've been talking particularly today about, you know, um, who we're going to be and how this whole resurrection thing is going to happen and the new bodies that we get and, um, and which is a great study. It's just a, it's a, it's a hope filled, uh, encouraging study to think about, you know, not just, oh, when we die, it's not the end, but actually think what happens after the end. Uh-huh. And, um, but of course the questions have now been asked. When is the resurrection? You know, can we start this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when is it happening? There's a few people out there that have uh, <laughs> they want their list fulfilled a little bit sooner yeah. rather than later, I take can it. Can we fast forward to the ending, please? <laughs> Skip all the stuff. <laughs> Paul said this, and he wrote this uh, just days, maybe even hours before he was executed for his faith. Oh, wow. And this is what he said. Now, this is Second Timothy chapter 4. He says, for I'm now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. He's about to be executed. Mm -hmm. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, or from this point forward, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all those also that love his appearing. Okay, so now if Paul had stopped short and not included that last sentence, mm. if he'd have just said, you know, the Lord, the righteous judge will give me at that day, then we would assume, oh, the day that he is executed. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't stop right there. He clarifies what day it is by saying, and not me, or not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. And so we've got two two points here that we need to, to draw out. First point is that everybody receives their reward of a crown of righteousness, a robe of righteousness, um, a new body, etc., on the same day. We, re- we You will receive yours, Mon, mm-hmm. and I will receive mine mm-hmm. on the same day that Paul does. And then Paul further clarifies it by saying that that is the day that Jesus will appear. So the resurrection will take place on the day that Jesus appears. And the change will take place on that day as well. And we looked at yesterday at the uh, at when Jesus was returning, and, and you know we learned that no one knows the time or the hour of, of his appearing. So no, it's coming surprise. We just got to get ready because it's soon. And stay ready all the time. Mm-hmm. Live your life ready for the return of Christ. You never know when that event will take place. There's another passage in uh, John chapter six that speaks about this. Uh, where are we? John chapter six is it, or John chapter five? John chapter five. Here we go. Uh, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Notice there's one hour when everybody hears his voice and shall come forth. Those that have done good to the resurrection of life and those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. The Bible says that we are in the graves or the dead are in the graves until Jesus appears and the resurrection of life takes place. And so this is the return of Christ. Uh, of course, it's not going to be too far away. We know that because of the signs of the times. Mm. Stay tuned. Get your phones ready. We're going to have some stuff to give away for free. 
Welcome back, guys. That was Cliff Richard uh, with Millennium Prayer. Um, we have okay. So for our giveaway today, we have the most amazing giveaway ever. We have a gift packed to give away today. Now, as you know, we've been telling you uh, for the last few months that the study that we're doing every day, our encounter with God, with God is actually um, from a study guide that we use. That 20 million other believers in a mm-hmm. worldwide movement, they all use the same study guide uh, every day to study out the same topics. And because today was the last day of this particular study guide, um, I mean, the, the information is completely still relevant. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, absolutely. Suddenly Bible studies. Useless. Bible studies are never going to go out of date. Yeah, but we are going to be using a different study guide as of next week, and we decided. You know what? Instead of just throwing these in the bin, we're going to recycle them. So we actually have three slightly different ones. We have um, an adult one. We have a teacher's one. Which, if you're a teacher, you can use it. Um, if, I mean, not so much if you're a teacher, but if you want to extra info, extra info that you can sort of share with other people. And then I also have a special footnotes um, copy as well. So there's three slightly different copies of the same study guide plus a Bible. So we have a Bible to give away today. It's a beautiful uh, Bible. It has an orangey red and cream cover. It's an NLT version. Uh, it has a 365-day reading plan as well as a plan of salvation Bible study in the back and also a book of introductions. So, um, sorry, book introductions at the beginning of each book. So if you know you turn to like the book of Chronicles. It's been a while since we've given a Bible. Yeah, right? Bibles are very, very popular. So you know, at the beginning of each book, it has you know information about the author, when it was written, and a bit of summary of the content of each book so you know go through the whole Bible we are going to give away everything as one pack give us a call now 1-800-FAITH-FM it's 1-800-324-843 you can text us 0491-064-669 just be the first person we only have one of these to give away today we'll see you tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock Tell the